All right, so you got Frank here sitting with Mike. We got the dogs out of the way this time. Yeah, no dogs, <laughs> the dogs fighting, fighting in front behind. of us. <laughs> They're all the puppies all like, I will kick your ass. He's Puppy's getting big cool. though, yeah, man. Yeah, he's real big compared to last time yeah. I was here. He, he grew like twice as much in the last couple of weeks. I, I would probably say he's about... He's about 25, 26 mm -hmm. pounds by now. I mean, he's 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 a, he's a little nugget, man. And he's 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 not smart, but he's not stupid. No. You know, he's uh <laughs> he's good dog though. He learns really really fast. Like he's using the dog door, he's going outside, mm -hmm. he's going to the bathroom, he's doing what he's supposed to be doing. Every now and then he'll have an accident in the house, but I mean, it's not like I'm chasing him around. Right. His right. big thing now is going out on night patrol and finding something to fuck up. <laughs> so like he he'll fuck up a coloring book. He'll fuck up a lamp. You know, he's chewed the cable off of one of the lamps and stuff. Like in the middle so, of the night? Like yeah. the next morning? So, and, and Heidi's the one who trusts him. I'm like, we got to lock this dog up. And she's like, no, but he just don't do it. And we put him on the bed and he just wants to cuddle and everything. He wants to cuddle with all the girls. He wants to fight me. Oh, yeah. So, you know, we'll slap box for a little bit and everything. And then um, then he'll calm down and then, you know, we'll all go to bed and everything. Mm -hmm. But I'll get up in the middle of the night and make him go outside and do his thing. So last night I... I Shut the door on everything, so he's he didn't have too much stuff to get into. Mm -hmm. So, no, he's doing really well. He's got a vet appointment coming up to get some more shots and That's stuff. That's a fuzz guy. He's in allergy mode. I got to take him this week to go get his shots for his allergies because he's coming out of his skin. He's on glue. He has all that um, skin allergy. He's, like, allergic to grass. So we have to, you know, give him these booster shots, and we did serum with him, so he's going this week for himself. And so we've been kind of playing around here. I'm going to take him to obedience school. This will be the first dog that I've taken to <laughs> obedience okay. uh -oh. school. I, I had two Roddies before. And um, when I was in the military, and I had our military working dog section train him. You know, one mm -hmm. of the guys from there I was really good friends with. He uh, showed me how to do it. And then he would spend some time with the dog, you know. And, like, I had – those Roddies were super well-trained, man. Right. They just listened to everything I had to say. He don't listen to shit, man. He listens to the girls. He don't listen to me. You know, like when I need to, you know, get in his ass, he'll listen to me. But I'm going to take him to obedience school. Like, oh, it's serious. Because I think it would be fun, one, you know, to spend mm -hmm. a little time with him one-on-one. -on -one. The other dog's super jealous. Went to go give him a bath the other night. And Shorty, our bulldog, mm -hmm. never wants to take a bath, never wants to take a shower. She apparently felt that she wasn't being paid attention enough to. You could tell. I opened up the, I opened up the shower door. She got in and sat down. And I was like, no, get out of here. She wouldn't move. So I was like, all right, we're all getting baths then. So <laughs> I just fired it all up. Not, every, nice. Soap everywhere. Welcome to the Everyday Sniper. You got Frank from Sniper's Hall. And Mike from Mile High Shooting. And um, we left off uh, talking, you know, kind of an introductory into this episode was the history of Precision Rifle. And again, we have such a rich history, but people aren't seeing that stuff. And... I mean, back in the day, there was only a couple places you can go. You were going to go, if you were on the East Coast, you came down, you had Storm Mountain. Around the same time, right after 2000, 2001, ASC opened up for competitions, Allegheny Sniper Challenge. Then you had your typical Thunder Ranches and gun sites and stuff like that. But Badlands in Oklahoma, which we never got along with them. Um, we didn't like them. I went there and shot Badlands. My first match ever was a Badlands match back then. Then you had Rifles Only, TAC Pro, um, which were Texas and stuff they, yeah, like that. Yeah, they were right next to each other. Yeah, well, Rifles kind Only's of. Kingville, TAC Pro Stephenville. Stephenville That's relative. Big, I mean, Texas you, is a big yes, state. I if, you, if you look up Stephenville, is famous for UFO sightings. Of course so they it is. had yes, so they had big UFOs. So that was, was your big there. draw there. <laughs> no, because no, here was the deal. I'm gonna tell you a story about the UFOs in Steve. Yes. So I'm in Kingsville, and I had some weird. And, and remember, our impact area was King Ranch, ninety thousand acre parcels. There's two of them behind rifles only. And I'm like, dude, there's a freaking aliens. We're out at King Ranch again. They're fucking snatching cows. They're eating them up and doing. Turn whatever. them inside out. Right. They're doing cutting their heads off. Whatever they're doing over there. So I'm like, there's alien shit going on. Well, then they had the sighting in Stephenville. That Is was this pretty, kind of they like... They chased it with a jet. Let me ask you this. Is this like kind of your introductory uh, thing into aliens or were you already into aliens? I was already in, but this okay. was like just... Okay. They wouldn't leave it... I'm just wondering where that came from. When we're talking about history. Might as well just no, talk man, about this is, they, they were bugging history. me because I'm out there by myself, middle of the night. The aliens won't leave me Some alone. Some shit's going on. Yeah, so I'm like, you know, I got my friggin' SIG and I'm like, I'm gonna friggin' ready to shoot them. 
Because they're like making all kinds of noise out in the Do field. Do you really think you could take an alien? Yeah, totally. I you think I'd you, shoot him in the face. In all, in all the research you've done? Yes. Dude, they would scoop you up and you'd be doing well, butt stuff the, in if, fucking if five this, minutes, Yeah, dude. if they have the spaceship. But if I get them without the spaceship, they're mine. Dude, if like two or three of them jumped on you, I don't think you could they're take little. them. They're little. They're like my sight. And I'd fight That's them That's what I'm the saying. Head. You'd be like... They got big heads. They're easy to hit. They're like a, they're like a what target. What was it that you told me that you're ready to take a punch from a tall guy because you're just gonna yes. absorb it? Yeah. Well, because they they all they tall guys when they hit me they just hit me in the top of the head. So, it knocks me down. I tuck my chin and it knocks me down. That you can't get your uh, your hand under to yeah to uppercut. Right. Yeah. No glass jaws here. Right. right. So I'm just gonna tuck my chin. They hit me in the top of the head. I might get a lump. Right. But I'll fall down and stand back up. It don't hurt. Right. You Every, just absorb but it. it. It's happened so many times. I'm used to it. <laughs> Right. You know what I mean? It's, it's all callous up right. there. <laughs> so it's you why, built up some armor. That's why I shave my head so your hands will slip it off, just slips on, off on the gel. It's all waxed I'm going to use your Dollar Shave Club gel <laughs> on my head and your, and your hand will slip off. It's hair paste. In, in Hair paste. I'm going to put your hair paste on. So the aliens come out of King Ranch and they go north to Stevensville and a fighter jets chased it. Right. So anyway, that's where... So you these... Facilities back then, the training, the whole thing were small. So we all knew each other. We all worked with each other. So what, all, what's the time frame that we're talking about? Two thousand. Two thousand is when I started doing back into this on the site, and internet wise, uh, I was just before that, but I was online slightly before, and then I started going down there. Nine uh, after about two thousand and one, I did the like I said the first time I met Terry Cross was at a Badlands match. I shot a Badlands match before I went. Well, I might have went to Tac Pro to, um, but then Jacob came up to Connecticut. Then I went down to Rifles Only because they were doing Sniper Paradise. You had before I started my website. You had Sniper Paradise was a sniper website. Sniper Country. Was a threaded Isn't it still one. around? Yeah, but it's threaded. Sniper Country, the first conversation is still going on because it never ends. There's no, it's not forums like it is now. It was like a rolling uh, conversation. Okay. And that's, those guys are gone. I think somebody might have bought And it just threads off from, yes. from somebody's comment. Yes. Okay. And so um, there was Sniper Paradise, Sniper Country, and then me. And then after I came in, you had Mel's sniper page, which became Sniper, uh, sniper Central. Sniper Central. Yeah. Now Sniper Form, because Sniper Central and Sniper Form are owned by two different people. Okay. Yeah, so we, Mel came in after me. We still send a lot of stuff up to Mel. Do you? Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. and, and so he, it, he was after the hide. But the way I looked at it is country was this guy, Sar Sarge, and he, was, he wasn't a sniper, but he was just like this old kind of sugar in his drawer dude I, he was weird but anyway sugar in his drawer yeah he had sugar in his drawers what does that mean that's a good thing i'm not gonna explain it <laughs> um but uh so he did his thing. it's one of those 2000 yeah uh, it was an old school thing yeah, same. so then i looked at there was no marine corps sniper page so right i was the gonna be the marine corps side and i was gonna let paradise be the army side and then mel was a little more army side but then Thomas had a, a meltdown and had issues with his wife going off with a Border Patrol guy and all this. And he, he outlined his marital problems on his website. So it'd be like if I took... If, I, was, I was about to say, that's why I was all quiet. I was yeah. like, are we doing this? Are yes. we talking it, about his wife's yes, thing? Yes, totally. Get, but I mean, if it's online, it's there he forever. Was, so he was, we all know now. He was dishing dirty laundry on himself. Oh my God. And it was, it, was, it was like... I have a basic rule of thumb. I don't tell stories about myself that genuinely make me look bad. Well, there's that. I mean, hell, <laughs> people don't even know that you know I live with someone and the whole thing. They have no clue about Kim. You <laughs> didn't see. How long did it take for you to see Kim? It was years. I thought she was fake. Yeah, I thought that was made up. I thought that was made up. Yeah, yeah. Medford wife. Uh huh. Yeah, she, she was my Bigfoot wife. <laughs> yeah, because and then I would post. Yeah, because everybody's talking about her, but nobody's seen her. Diane had seen her at that point, but uh, that could have been a fluke. Though. Yeah, yeah. I, I could have hired her. You know, this I wouldn't is, put it past you. Right. It's a totally <laughs> verifiable accusation. Did you hire that girl to be your girlfriend? I might have. I may have. Mm -hmm. 
But, but not in the way you think. But when you first started working there and you thought she was Bigfoot, remember I took, I would take just like angle pictures and you would never get like a full shot. Yeah, nothing. And I would send it like, to you. Dude, you could just. Like, like he'd see, like, it. he'd see, like, where like, were you at, like, Safeway or something, you know, and you're just like, that could be anybody, mm-hmm. that could be anybody, that's not real, and I don't believe you. Yeah, so that's what, what that was like. So going, I mean, but you look at my history, I joined the Marine Corps saying I was going to be a Marine Corps scout sniper. That was my whole goal. I wanted to be a Marine well, sniper. Well, before we go back to that, because I do have a bunch of questions about that, and I'm sure there's a lot of people that want to know uh, more about the history of, you know, j- not just mm-hmm. Scout Sniper, but you, like, what what was your, you know, focus going in? But um, is it safe to say that when they were putting on those matches in that 2000 and beyond, that a majority of them came from sniper shots that people were trying to recreate? Yeah, there was a lot of that. Um, then hunting, like, Parrot, uh, Allegheny, which was a big event. ASC was more field and hunting, and then there was loophole and sniper shots that we would take. So people, we'd like the powder house loophole. There was all these other ones, but then you had, um, it was terrain based because in the mountains of West Virginia, you know, the angle of the dangle was one and it was off the side of a hill and down and it was a lot of hills and you always had to do your angle. Well, ASC, no lasers, you had to mill everything, you, you, we did it by committee, really. We'd have like one spotter with a reticle in it. Somebody would get up and mill the target and say, okay, that target right there. And they never, the problem with ASC that I had is they never changed the targets. So if you shot it the first year, it was the same as the second year. Well, the first years, it was invite only. Then the second year when they started bringing more people in and it got popular, you couldn't get in it. Mm-hmm. So then they had to make another weekend. You would actually have one group would shoot it on this weekend and another group would shoot it next weekend. That's the only way they can fill the, the, the demand. And then what happened was in 2007, it blew up because it's self-scored. And there was always a certain amount of cheating. And people would know watch that guy because you know you'd, you'd bait him all the time you'd be right. like hey so-and-so uh would you shoot today and and he'd say oh you know and they used to do at one point they did this like reverse score you counted your misses not your hits because mm. it was two shots make it or break it and it was easier to count misses than hits right so you'd say oh what did you shoot and the guy oh i shot a 27 and then you go oh okay yeah so-and-so shot a 22 Oh, wow, he did really good. Oh, wow, yeah, he did. You know, we're shooting all 308s and all this other stuff. Well, then you'd go up to him and go, hey, dude, what did you shoot? Oh, I shot a 20. Yes. And he'd go, I shot a 20. And he'd be like, wait a minute, he just told me he shot a 27. What are you doing? So now you'd start watching it because it was, you know, it was golf. It was sniper golf. You kept your own score. Yeah. Well, then It was a gentleman's course. The, it know? was the second event. It wasn't the weekend I shot it. It was the following weekend. And I know who, I'm not going to go and drop names and all this, but it, it, people got called out. Mm-hmm. It blew up gigantic. And so we all basically ended up bailing in 2007 on it. But it, we shot it from 2001 to 2007 religiously. Right. And it was a, it was a field course. It was movement. You had it once you hiked in. Well, I mean, when you think about it, it's you, only you were on that course six times. Yeah. So, I mean, that's not a lot, but right. it's but it's still, you know, it's still repetitive. You still have experience from the last year. Like, what did I do this last time? So, it's not changing. And, and, and you'd shoot the first day, like, up to the east, and the second day would be down to the west. So, mm-hmm. you would switch. There'd be two groups of people. One group would go low and shoot this area. Another group would go high and shoot this area. But you had to carry all your stuff. You had to... Once you're on the course, you couldn't get back to your car. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you walked it, you ate it, you carried all that. It was that. Then, Which is still alive and well today. Yeah. The, in, in a lot of courses. The Badlands, the ASC. Then the Badlands course, I actually wrote one for them that became their, their match because Bobby and I didn't get along. But I was going to go to Bobby originally through Sniper's High because Jacob had Paradise. Mm-hmm. And so until that fell apart. But... Bobby's match, I, I did one which was pretty straightforward stalking. You had to do, it was like four hours, you were stalking, you had to look for people and then switch and then do all this stuff. So 
Bobby's Badland match was so all... So it was like legacy sniper skills. Yes, all legacy like, stuff. And okay. Bobby was old school army doctrine, big army. And so his stuff was all legacy. And we nobody really got along with Bobby from that. He only had his core people that he liked. And Bobby was not above cheating. When I said to him, I did, I did a 44-hour match. So we were having conversations online that were uh, uh, confrontational. Right. Yeah, go figure. Getting, in, in getting s- heated. So they, they were like, Yankee from Connecticut, screw that. We're going to do a 44-hour event. Dogs, sniper, paintball, stalking, all this crap. And the first, it got bitter, bitter cold in Oklahoma, like snap cold. Guys' camelbacks were freezing. And nobody was really prepared for it. So the first night, people are falling out and leaving. So there was like 12 teams that started this 44-hour, and you had a camp. It's kind of like the original Sniper Adventure Challenge. Yes, it was an original Sniper Adventure. You had land. It was more land nav than shooting. You got, if you, when you moved into an area, you might get chased by Op 4. You might have dogs hunting you, and then they'll paintball you. You know, all this stuff. So what do you have to defend yourself? Nothing. You're, if you got paintballed, you were screwed. You had to outpace them. You had to get away so, from them so they couldn't get within range. So were you carrying any gun or anything? Our guns. We know, but you couldn't shoot back at them. Well, obviously, you couldn't shoot back at them, but right. they're all unloaded. Like, how do they regulate the safety with yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, you don't shoot back. You couldn't do anything. And you just had to run. Yes. Basically, you had to change your course and run and do all this stuff to get away. I never got shot or hit or anything. And I would... Well, that's, dude, anybody trying to find you in the dark in the woods? Yes. Well, and I would run. My, I finished every Good land luck. nav before any... Like, hour before anybody. I ran it. And even in the stalk... And I, I might have told this story before. So, there's these lots and parcels. And Bobby's place at Badland used to be a fish hatchery. So, there's all these, uh, like, dried up bed fish bed berms so they had like these berms and then there'd be water and they would raise fish and so now it's just fields and they put targets in there so we're in this parcel and they said okay you're gonna stalk down this lane you got until i drive around kind of like free time but it was a big parcel as soon as he said that i ran didn't even let him finish I just ran. And they all looked at me like nobody said go. Nobody said I just took. I talk about original gaming. Yeah. I ran as fast as I could through the stock lane. Because they weren't ready. Nope, they weren't ready. And then when their truck showed up, I went to sleep. Nice. And then waited till the end and they caught everybody. And then I went in. But I got to within 300 yards and they were in tree stands in Oklahoma. Kent Gooch was the guy in my lane that I was on. And I get in, I get on him, I could see everything. I'm clear as day. I'm 300 yards from a guy sitting in a tree stand. Oh, yeah. And they All go, day long. Right. You know what they said to me? Nope, you got to um, get within 100 yards. I'm the only guy so left. So now they know you're in the area. Right. I'm the only guy left on the right. thing. So I just pulled so, my coat off. I get up and I walk away. I'm like, fuck you, Bobby. So then we did this. They, we, they, here's what they would do to me because they didn't want me to win anything. They made a composite team out of Wade Stuteville and his dad and his family because Wade and his buddy and his dad and his brother were two separate teams. But if one of your teammates fell out, they sent the whole team home till the Stuteville's. So then they made a composite three-man team for them. Well, there was this one stage where you had to go up and they had all the, I think they had like 10 targets out there, all varying ranges and sizes and all this other stuff. So there was like this 12 inch plate over a, through, over a pond, through the trees and a loophole through it. So I said, that's one of the hardest targets. Yeah. I'm going to try to shoot that. Yeah. We're, again, we're shooting 308s. Right. That plate's worth two points after, because I would always have to go first to shoot. <laughs> And they wouldn't tell you the points no, until after then, you hit you it? No, you had to go up to Bobby, <laughs> and you had to ask what... What kind of points can I get for this? I hit it. Yeah. Uh, that seems pretty tough. Two points. Right. So then the Snootville shot the 400-yard Iron Maiden and got like 10 points. That seems like a lot of points. It was a lot for a four, right? So I shoot a target at 600 and got two. They shot a target at 400 and got 10. Well, then when it was over, they reassembled the two teams. 
So the one team that was three people then became two teams of two each again. So I came in third. Nice. Yeah, yeah. So they reassembled the team. So I when so I you call, placed. Yeah. So when I called Bobby <laughs> out on it, and I and him and I had words again afterwards, and I called him out and I said, "Well, you changed the rules in the middle of the thing, and you kept doing." He goes, "Things change in real life all the time." That was his justification. Gotcha. So that's why like Badlands would always pay to play this favoritism and never got along with people. And there was always a battle between Oklahoma and Texas. Because then we would go to TAC Pro and TAC Pro and Rifles only got along. TAC Pro was Alice, AI, yeah. and her husband. So there, there was that. And we would do TAC Pro matches and Rifles only matches were super similar. And then there was a little bit of rivalry as that started to break down and Bills had to do some things and then Alice and him were getting a divorce. And so some things fell through at Stephenville and when Rifles Only rose up. And then finally after that, you started to see, you know, the K&Ms and all those places start to come up and it all changed after PRS. And then it got super busy because then they wanted to sell more or have more events. So they started asking people to do one of the first ones like Regina Milkovich and all them. Mm-hmm. They were, those were one of the first matches in Arizona. And that actually went through Scott Milkovich, who does the ARs and not so much Regina and Tim Milkovich, Scott's Tim's brother. Okay. And Scott was a big driver of that stuff until he started getting into more ARs and he does I think it's Specialized Dynamics is Scott's AR company. And so um, there was that out of Arizona, and then California started picking up because they had facility. The uh, NorCal, Sac Valley up there was doing their things. And it just started getting busier. But training-wise, you looked at it. It was all, you know, you really were only going to go to Thunder Ranch or Gunsight. You could do Storm Mountain, Badlands, or Rifles Only and Tac Pro. Those were your long gun places. So let's rewind a little bit more. Let's get back to what it was like back in what the eighties when you were going through Scout Sniper. What was the focus? It was all because Soviet it wasn't. Doctrine. Yeah, it, it was, was all, Soviet. Yeah, because yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't Iraq, Afghanistan. It was Ivan coming over the hill. Yes, and all that stuff from like you guys had. Like setting the scene for it is kind of like the last major conflict was Vietnam, mm-hmm. and that is what we learned. The Cold learned War was everything. at the top of the thing. The war Rocky hadn't was, come down Rocky yet. Rocky was winning the Cold War when yep. he was beating down Drag off, right? Right. And um, the Berlin Wall didn't drop yet. You guys were focused on tactics from Vietnam, where we were moving forward into an Iceland instead of being in the jungle. And it's like, okay, what was the yeah. mentality and how were, how were things switching? What was the focus of Scout Sniper and why did you want to be a part of it? it well, it was the sniper side for one, but the focus, getting there, it was all the, um, the Soviet doctrine, like I said, and we knew their, their organizational history and what they were doing. They always had their DM guys. In a, in a squad, they always had a designated mark. Designated Right, marksman. so yep. we would go after that. And even so, the if they fo- had a rifle with a scope on it, he's dead. Yeah. And then whoever looked Radio important. Radio man, your leader. Whoever's pointing at things, he's yes. fucking dead. The guy with the mass casualty mm-hmm. producing weapon, he's dead we, next. We had the um, flash cards. The flash cards, yeah. Yep, all the flash cards. With the Start in the center of the squad. BMPs uh, <laughs> and, and, and that stuff. And then the other thing that, like, when you go back, because I, I went to FO school. I went to a couple of them, actually. So forward operating? Yep, to forward observer. Because yeah. I used the radio a lot more. We were much more radio-based than sniper rifle-based. You know, the rifle was really... So, like, intel and radio yes, back. Yes, we were much more intel, because we were the eyes, ears, and trigger finger. Well, because you couldn't crack a shot, like, for no reason. Right. Like, Unless, that would have that 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 launched nukes, man. Well, that was a mission, but the mission was you had to be – if they put you in a place that said you could take out targets of opportunity, well, then you could shoot something. But most of the time, they were putting you out for intel because you were the eyes, ears, and trigger finger of the battalion commander. The battalion commander may say, go out to that you know, bridge crossing, see what you see. Okay, here's what we see. Okay, stay on it. We're going to bring a platoon over. Before the platoon gets into place, you're going to guide them in. So what'll happen is I'm watching a bridge crossing for two days. 
On the third day, they say an infantry squad's coming through. I go back and get the infantry squad. I bring them to a place of jump off place. Well, then we all get set up and Where coordinate. Where you can ambush them. Well, I might take out the sentry, and then that starts their attack. That kind of stuff is what we did. But if you look at when I went to FO school, one of the first ones I went to was through Amphib Recon School. We went back to Little Creek to the SEALs big training place. Mm-hmm. At Little Creek, Virginia, the SEALs got these um, well, auditorium with all this crazy stuff. It's Germany. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? When you're doing all the tank battles and your stuff, you're, it's a, the maps are German. Because right. they're looking, waiting for the Soviets to come from East Germany to West Germany, and you're going to be calling in artillery on German fields. So you were still looking at the Soviets bringing tanks across, and you're going to have to call in artillery on tanks in the open. You know what I mean? And then there's this, there's this uh, terrain model that's like uh, cheap Hollywood, all animatronics. Yeah. So, you know, they have the, 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 the ocean... And the vehicles all, or the, the ships and everything come in and let off all the, uh, the Amtraks and the, the landing stuff. The planes come in and drop parachutes and saw toys. <laughs> yeah. And this was in the SEAL's little room, and you watch how an attack happens. It looks like they're playing G.I. Joe's yes, for real. they're total G.I. On a big-ass sand table. But we did all Soviet doctrine, and we were more intel-based than radio-based. Like, when we did Team Spirit, even though that's... North Korea, when I went to Camp Casey up on the DMZ, the pictures of me in Korea are at Casey, most of them. Yeah, a lot of that, I looked at those and like when you were posting them up and mm-hmm. I was like, that's in, that's in Korea because you yeah. can tell uh, just the terrain itself, it's a very distinguishable terrain. It, it, and during and the summer, one, it's hot as fuck. During the cold, during the winter, it's cold, cold as, as fuck. Yeah. Well, then, then the thing is, is North Koreans still used Soviet doctrine. Oh, yeah. So we trained in Soviet doctrine because North Koreans are going to come across with Soviet doctrine. You know, this one's going to come across with Soviet doctrine. Now, when we went to... Because you guys have to speak the same language on the battlefield in order to yes. understand what they're doing and predict what they're doing. It's funny because all the floats, and I've been on, on the, the med float kind of twice, the Gulf float. So I, I've gone through the Suez three times because I flew out once. So I went through the Suez Canal three times. Our biggest worry with all that stuff was Russian spies and Russian vehicles or uh, ships taking pictures. U-boats. Well, they, they would take pictures of <laughs> yeah. what, so they would call, you know, they, they'd have code words they'd call out. All the Marines got to get in their racks. The Navy intel people go out. Our intel people go out. And, they, and all it is is we're passing like Soviet ships in the, in the Suez, and we're all just taking pictures of each other. Right. Then we'd be going in the Gulf, and they'd say, hey, there's a Russian plane over us. All of you has got to get inside. So they'd fly a Russian plane over. Meanwhile, we're in the Gulf. The Iranians are mining it. And my, my Gulf combat action was against Iran. But we freaked out more when the Russians were around than when the Iranians were around. When the Iranians were in around, we, we totally manned the guns. Yep. You know what I mean? But it was, there was a, a bigger air of urgency when Russians showed up. Because mm-hmm. that's what our doctrine was. That was the threat. And, and the funny thing is for our, what we did is we had real-time intel in the Gulf. We looked at everything they did. If they did something today, because we would get pictures every day. We knew all the serial numbers. Oh, they're flying U-2s everywhere. Yeah. I mean, yeah. We, we had all the serial numbers for all the um, Russian, or not Russian, the Iranian ships. Because they would paint and change the number. Right. So we'd watch pictures. We'd, they'd bring pictures every day. Okay, this ship... They change the number, it's now this number, but it's the same ship. Okay, this ship has one harpoon missile and they just put it on this ship. So now we gotta watch that one. So what we did is we had sandbags. All our shit, we, okay, this many grenades, this much ammo, this many mag stuff. And all we did is put our sandbag in the armory. So when we actually had to go do the raid, we just went in and grabbed our bag. And now that's your loadout kit was ready to go with live ammo, mm-hmm. you know. So it, it, it was all designed around real world intel. And the only, my teammate, uh, Kenny, little, little Benny Hedgeman, 
he was the only guy that carried a sniper rifle in that raid. He went in the UE and flew around with the sniper rifle. I, because we were so short-handed, I became an assaulter and wasn't even his teammate because he didn't need me. He was in a bird by himself. I should have been his trigger. He should have been the spotter. But instead, I get a AR-15, or it was a CAR-15, because um, it's full auto. But mm -hmm. um, So we got that. Mark got an MP5, we're, and we did all that stuff. So it completely changed right there in the script because the Iranians are doing this today. Okay, tomorrow we practice fighting that. And that's what we did. So when, when they mined the, the So they were, they were playing the song and you were dancing to it. So you, it was just yeah. the same thing that we're kind of doing today, but you were getting more in front of it because you were going, okay, their tactics change. We're going to change our tactics. It, well, and we're on their a boat. Their tactics change. We're going to change we're, our we're, tactics. We're on a boat. There's nothing else for us to do. So we might as well look at what they're doing, look at how they're operating and train for it, and train for it because everything well, prior to that deployment was Soviet doctrine. Well, wasn't your primary MOS recon reconnaissance anyways? I had gone to recon school, but no, when I got I had to go to stay, so it wasn't. But I had a recon background. Okay. I, I had gone to um, ARS. So, so what made you want to go to sniper school in the first place? TV probably. Yeah. Watching movies and shit. And then I Tom, always liked Tom Berenger wasn't out yet, was he? No, he came out when I was in. Okay. Um, I matter of fact, I remember seeing Sniper in the movie theater with my Sniper School hoodie on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but the 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 uh, TV mostly, but I shot air rifles at home, all scoped. Mm -hmm. So I liked the idea of a scoped rifle. Plus, I I always had astigmatism in my right eye, and I had an issue just how bad of that issue it was. So the scopes helped. I couldn't do irons as well without glasses. When I went to boot camp, the iron sights, I had to wear glasses. If I used the scope, I didn't have to wear glasses. So that's what I liked because I had that stigmatism in my right eye. And I'm left eye dominant. Mm -hmm. So scopes were easier for me to work with than iron sights. How long was the school when you went? My class was 14 weeks, but 12 was the average then. Mine was only that because of holidays. I, I ran into the Marine Corps birthday. Um, it's in, a holiday in yeah, itself. Yeah, and Thanksgiving. Yeah. yeah. So, because I went October to December. So the Marine Corps birthday was time off, mm -hmm. and then Thanksgiving was time off. So mine ended up being like 14 weeks versus, but it was a 12-week course when the Army's was only three weeks. And even when we went up to Casey to the DMZ, <laughs> Second ID, Second Infantry Division had a sniper school, and it was only three weeks. But ours was twelve at the time. How come? Longer, because of Marine Corps. We, we just were, needed better riflemen. Well, we did more land nav. We, uh, uh, the, the, so let's break it down then. So all the basic skills needed to the pass that course. First thing you do when you get the so sniper like your school phase is land one, nav. First, first thing thing. is land nav. As soon as you show up, it's land nav on Friday. Back drag land nav. Yep. So you show up on Friday. They do your briefings. They get you going down. And then it's like, land nav course, go. You got to pass land nav. That, and then they do other ones too. Is it like a crazy 24-hour like No, it was a short one. It was fast. It was there on Stones Bay. Can you plot a grid coordinate and navigate to it? Yeah. It was a short one on Stones Bay. I had already done the, the officer one at Quantico mm -hmm. when I went to ARS. Because ARS goes from Little Creek to Florida, to Quantico, it moves around because you're doing, I did the water phase in Florida, and then we did the patrolling phase, the final part in Quantico, and then the rest of it was done at Little Creek, which is Fort Story, which is just a beach. All you're, You live on the beach, uh, so for that. And then, um, so I had already done land nav, that was no problem, but new people will fail land nav. Then you were already a ninja. You were yeah, like, dude, I got this. Uh, observations <clears throat> fail people. They would do, you had to do 10 observations. If you fail two of them, you're out. So what's an observation? Where they, they put you on a line and they'll have a photograph of something. It could be a barracks. It could be, it's something on the base. It could be a tree line. It could be anything. And you'll have a photograph. And the, there's a stone wall with a tree line. There's cut grass between you and 100 yards away, there's 10 objects. 
military objects. You have to find them. Like a, a compass, a it, protractor. It, all that. The, like buildings, the ones on the building, when we did that, they put the clear protractor in the siding of the building. Right. So you had the World War II barracks that are painted white. They'd stuff a protractor in. They'd take a whip antenna and throw it in the trees. So it's kind of like uh, what... what is different in these pictures. Yes. Like a like a and real life version of what's different. You, you, you had to do 12. There's 12 objects. You have to find 80% of them. And if you fail two observations, you're out. And they'll do, you'll see something. You can see something, not know what it is and describe it. So you'll see like it's sticking up behind the stone wall over here. Something's it's not quite right. Right. It's yeah. black. It's in a shadow. It's this. Ranger beads or something. The guy will pick it up. It'll be an RPG. And all you can see is like an inch of the turret on the site or something. or something. So it would just be a piece of something gigantic. Or if there depends on how mad the instructors are at you. If the class is fucking up, the instructors will make it harder. There'll be a magazine spring in the stone wall. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Or everybody's looking at the stone wall in... Six, what kind of optics are you guys using? Uh, just, just the, the just binos. 49 the binos, to, that's your hasty search for uh -huh. your bino, and then your spotting scope. Okay. So what kind of spotting scopes were you using? The 49s or whatever they were, the cheap piece of craps that yeah. you saw on the little Bushnell tripod. Yeah. All, yeah, yeah, those piece of junks, man. And, and the, the Vietnam ones, they were all from Vietnam. Yeah, they're all from supply. Yeah, all from Vietnam. So you had the Steiner binos, 8 power, and then you had your spotter. And so if they're mad at you... <clears throat> You'd look like straight in, like six feet in front of you. They'll drop a bullet on the ground. Or they'll put a little army man on the ground. Right in front of you. Yeah. While you're looking through your binos. Yes. And you're just like, I can't see anything else. And you're looking around. Because they'll right tell out. you to scan from near to far. Right. By that, they mean near right in front of you. And six feet in front of the line, there'll be something. Yeah. You guys are dead. Ah! And they freak out and then, then do all that stuff. Then you had, so you got observation. So when you, when, if you fail the observation twice, you're out. out. You're not, it's not that you get smoked. You're just out. Out of the course. You're you failed like out of the course. That's okay. how, that's how the, any, if you fail anything twice, you're out. Fail Which two I'm, tests. It doesn't surprise me. I'm just putting emphasis on it because nowadays you can fail something in the military, stay in, just get washed back yeah. or a smack on your hand and then they push you forward. I had a, you can get recycled. You know what I mean? Certain, but not everybody. You have to have a certain <clears throat> situation. Why so that's more of a you. critical skill. Yeah. And then, so you had observation, you had um, your land nav, then you had concealment. Concealment is you have to hide but not move. You gotta be that bush. Right. Yeah. So they'll, they'll say, here's your area. You gotta hide. So you do 10 concealments. Once you do 10 concealments, then you move to stalks. Now you have to move and stalk on somebody and you do 10 stalks. And they do stalks and all these different, most of the stalks are done down power lines. So where the power lines cut through the woods, you have the length of your rifle, one meter is what they'll tell you, from where the grass is cut to where it's not cut. So where the grass stops being cut, the length of your rifle, you have to stay in that lane. So you can't go 50 yards into the woods, run down the lane, and come, and come back, back in. in. So you have to stay on No the box method. Right. Yeah. So what happens is, is if I'm on the right side stalking down the lane, the guy on the left is looking for me. And if you're on the left side, the guy on the right looks for you. And so you'd stalk down the opposite side, and then you have to identify and do all that. You have to get within... The whatever range they tell you and there would be places like if they're mad at you you go to the pool table they're like oh we're gonna take you to the pool table because you guys are being jerks today so there's nowhere to hide and they'll bust everybody's they'll bust a ton of people and they'll smoke you and then yeah and then you're out <laughs> yeah. and then then you start to go and start your shooting you don't start shooting until later and then you have a KD. Right, you got to crawl, walk, run. Right. You got to know what it is to actually get to where you're supposed to be shooting and they, in order to shoot. Yes, yeah. and they already assume you know how to shoot because you were supposed to have qualified. A qual before the, the course. Expert. Yeah. So they so, say. But is that qual on M16, yes. M14, whatever M16. it is that you were shooting at the time? Your, your A2. So you had a qual expert with your A2 uh -huh. to get to sniper school. Which then they give you the scope, and they figured you already know how to shoot. You just have to now know 
how to shoot a scope versus iron sights. So that's really all they teach you. Then you only have two opportunities to pass your KD qual or your UKD qual. They have a UKD qual. So unknown distance, yep, known distance. versus KD. Because yep. the main qual is a KD qual. You go to the rifle range after everybody leaves and you qual off on the um, far range. Because the Marine Corps rifle range goes to 500 yards. Then there's a road and that's where you everybody shows up and goes down the lanes. But then at the end of the, the last lane, on the other side of the road behind you, there's a tower and a thousand yards. So they used a 500 yard range that had a cutout for a thousand yards that the snipers used. And then on a KD, on UKD, we would just go to any old range. We'd go to a tank range and they would put targets out and you'd have to you know get around the tanks and stuff. Our class picture was actually taken on a tank range. Um, and it says, it says, I see you dickheads, because that's what they would yell when they would see you. <laughs> They'd yell, like, you, if, uh, <laughs> if they didn't want to bust you out too soon, right, yeah. they would just yell down the stalk lane, I see you dickhead. But then you had to figure out who they who could was. see. Who was, yeah, you're like, everybody stops. Yes. Everybody's a deer in the headlights. Do you have, uh, was that some of the photos that you yeah, brought I home? Yeah, I had my pictures and all that stuff. And, and but the, So then you do that. Well, then they would also do toots, which we've talked about. Tactical evolution without troops. So you do class all day, whatever the heck you have, and then like right before chow at night, and they would break you for the end of the day, they'd say, okay, you guys got a toot tomorrow morning. And a toot is a whole full-blown fake operation order you have to write. Like mine would be like 30 pages long. You had to write from six at night till six the next morning, turn it in at eight. Did they make you guys do the full one or did they give you a full part one. of the paragraph? No. Well, they gave you the warning order. Your section. And you had to do everything for that. And okay. you had to do a whole mission plan. Did you guys plan. do it as a class or did you no, do it as individual. an individual? Okay. Individual. Okay. Um, you had to do a mission plan and the whole, I mean, all the way down to, well, we're going to be operating in this location. So yeah, we're who's filling up the truck to get me out there? Yeah, to, we're yeah. going to do a stripe pattern camouflage versus a blotch pattern. So they wanted you to be as detailed yes. as humanly possible because. Everything is focusing around your attention to detail as a sniper. I doubt they even as, read them because they were so long. Fuck no, dude. They were just, just like, like, dude, this is 30 pages. They right read the them. Shredder. They yeah. read them, right? They <laughs> read the shredder. They, were like, they just wanted you to know the importance of how important it is for you yep. to tell them or the battalion commander, hey, there are you know eight tanks out here with 20 personnel right. all counted you know all accounted for where you know wearing this uniform with this gun this you know bandana around their left exactly. bicep you know shit like that that's what they were looking for exactly that's right. a good and then part of it we did a lot of uh, radio stuff and um there was an intel component there was a radio component there was a ford observer call for fire component we got to go to a unit and shoot everything from a 60 millimeter mortar to a 155 self-propelled. We shot everything from that to that, that the unit had. So we would go in and, and we'd shoot a mortar and learn how to shoot a mortar. Then we'd go and shoot, you know, 105. And then we'd go and shoot an 81 millimeter. In case you had to go renegade or some shit. Well, that or, but so you understood what they were doing. So when we called it in, like I got in the 155 self-propelled, put in that 98 pound shell, fucking pull a lanyard and a fucking breach comes back and there's a little you know like a chalk line don't cross the yeah chalk. don't be here yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and that breach comes back and as small as i am i'm still like fuck this i'm out <laughs> yeah. i ain't shooting that again i'll call it but i ain't doing it right um so you would do all that and and you'd learn about that stuff i have i actually have i was telling mike earlier i have all my original paperwork in I have my notebook from Yeah, when we were talking about this episode, you have all your I notes have, and everything. I want to talk to you about those. I, I have down to what I'm doing every day. They gave you a training schedule in the beginning. You knew ahead of time of what every day you were going to do by day. I have that. I have what I did on... If you say, what did you do on day... 32 of sniper school 30 years ago i can tell you exactly what i did on that day right because i have it shit almost 40 years yeah ago, right? all the overlays all the maps and, and a lot <laughs> of the fake map i still have that like part of our demo map was haiti so i have a haitian map at the house that's cool you know and that kind of stuff with overlays on it and then what else skill set did we do so land nav was big, observations were big, concealments, stalks. So you were talking and about then Kim's classroom. games every day. Kim's games. Kim's games every uh, day. 
uh, keep in memory, right? Yeah, so in, it's well, keep it's, in memory, stupid. It's 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 <laughs> Kim's. Kim is a person. Right. Kim's game. So there's an S on the end, but they would call it keep in mind, stupid. Yeah. But it, it's from Rudyard Kipling, uh, most dangerous game. Kim's the character from Jungle Book, I think. That's Kim. Uh, one of them, anyway. Some of that stuff. So it's Kim's game. She would play, or he would play. Kim was a boy. Kim would play in the book. And so what they would do is put 12 objects on a table and they'd cover it. They'd bring everybody around and they'd say, okay, what are the 12 objects, blah, blah, blah. You'd have one minute to look at it. Then they'd cover it back up. Now they may say as soon as they cover it up, they'll have you do laps around the building. I was going to say PT or some shit And like then that. they'd say, okay, laps around the building, formation. So three laps and get in formation. Okay, I do three laps, I get in formation. Okay, now go to chow. Go to chow. And then come back and they're going to do a lesson. And then they'll say, write down what you saw. So they'll drag it out. Yeah, it's not like happening right now. Like, okay, we're going to have you look at this for a minute. And then you're going to immediately go right. to what it was. They'll, ju- they'll do it all varying versions of a Kim's game. So you'll... Which they use in counter IED now as well. Kim's game? Yep. Yeah, I could see that. So what, is, what the street looked like yep. and what changed. Because yep. I see that. We, and we would do it. We talked about with, with uh, Taylor and everything. We'd be sitting around... I had the only barracks room at the time with cable TV. The barracks had cable, but nobody knew it. Nobody knew there was cable available. Because you wouldn't think, you didn't buy cable from the Marine Corps. You had to go out and Sometimes I think you're just the luckiest motherfucker I've ever met in my life. (laughs) Dude, it was dumb. In my life. In my life. We'd sit around watching cable and stuff, and I had cable in my room. And you're like, huh, look at this. Yeah, I'm like, it works. And I'm like, hey, can I order this? And they're like, yeah, because I grew up by cable. You know? So, you know, this is 1985. I had cable in my barracks. Right. So um, So what the recruiter promised you was true. Yes, totally. So we'd be watching a movie. And Taylor would go, what was the license plate on that blue Chevy? And if you didn't know, he dug you or he did something. You know, oh, you better go run down and run do this or go to supply and go get me that. And, you know, so you're watching a movie. You're memorizing everything in that movie. And to this day, I'll still see stuff and do all that and because it just never goes away. But, yeah, that's how that was. Um, so you let, rewind a little bit. You were talking about classroom. Um, a lot of people don't understand that in courses like this it does require some academics we were a lot of academics it's not just going out in the field camping Mm -hmm. and fucking around in the dirt and then going in the jungle and then playing in the sand and you go into a formal classroom we're probably four hours a day that you have to go through yeah absolutely i mean we watched the world the german sniper movies we watched the brit sniper from world war ii so that's what took 12 weeks? You guys yeah. were just watching movies and Watch shit? Watch on, on, on reels, 8mm or whatever. Um, we had the German... Were they movies or after actions kind no, of stuff? No, movies. They movies. were the movies you can... They're on YouTube right now. If you look up German Sniper from World War II movies, the series that I watched is on YouTube. And there was a Brit one and a German one. And you guys were closely modeled after German stuff. German, we were all German. Our yeah. stuff was Nazi'd out big time. And where the meat tag comes from I have is an SS thing. The 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 uh, the Jews and everything had the tattoo on their forearm. The SS had it under their arm, and so they marked the SS. And we have that. I have it. I have a meat tag on, and that was the main thing. That was like the first thing you did when you got out of sniper school was get a meat tag. And so there was that because you didn't crawl with your dog tags because they'll pull on your neck. So you needed something to identify. Right. So if you got blown up in a helicopter. They had to identify you, so you had a meat tag, which had all your information on it. It was your dog tag tattooed. And um, we did that. They brought in intel people. I got waterboarded back then. They did it with our T-shirts, though. Yeah. What they would do is they would lay you down, and the guy just had a canteen of water. He would fold your T-shirt up over your nose and mouth, pour the water on it, and waterboard you, and go through all the, the different things. And we used to argue with them all the time. It's like, two-man team, if you capture these troops... You got to bring them back and they do the S's, you know, speed, safeguard, segregate, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And it's like, fuck that, dude. I'm going to shoot this guy in the head and leave him there. And they're like, no, you can't <laughs> No, say that. shut up. <laughs> like, dude, I ain't carrying this guy. He's dead weight. He's dead. No, no, you got to bring him back. Yeah, isn't it like seven S's or something? Yeah, I can't five remember. Or five or seven. Five, yeah, I, I think, think it is. Five, they yeah. probably added more, but it was five, I think. Um, 
uh, speed to the rear. Yes, yeah, speed to the rear. Segregate them from the other people. Safeguard. You got to protect them. We used to have. We used to. We, at one time. Like, we, hey, if everybody has the same story, can we just pop this guy right here and leave him in the bushes? One guy did show up, and I think it was a Viet. One of the students, like when. It's war crimes, Frank. We can't do that. Oh, he brought debt cord, <laughs> and he goes, "Okay, if I'm gonna bring a uh, prisoners back, I'm." Wrapping them, wrapping them with that cord. cord. <laughs> it's gonna look like Django Unchained <laughs> yes. as you guys are coming back. We would, we would do all kinds of stupid <laughs> stuff. We're gonna wrap their necks in debt cord. And then, no, you can't wrap their necks in debt cord. And it's like, why not? You know, it's like, oh, what, uh, and then all I gotta do is hold on to the ring. You know, and that there's a lot of like, it's. You know, necessary training and going back on it, like you were saying, waterboarding, where everybody looks at waterboarding now and they're just like, they think it's a new thing. Yeah, yeah. And they're just like, oh, well, that just started in the, you know, Iraq-Afghanistan war. And uh, they were using that to torture people. And it's like, dude, we've used it to, you know. Well, because we had guys that went to Sears school. I didn't go, but we did. And the guys at Sears school would go through 10 times worse stuff. And, you know, they have to go through that stuff to understand it. Yeah. And understand what it is. And. It kind of, I think it draws a dark humor in some people mm-hmm. where, you know, you see something like that and you can't help but laugh. You know what I mean? Yeah, like totally. You're, you're, like you're talking, like, it's not, you know, it's not good for, you know, like PR and everything. You well, know nowadays what I'm you get, yeah. the guys got in trouble for pissing and the, the lightning bolt flags. I carried a, a swastika in a battle flag. But I you got to understand where some of the dark humor comes from. When yeah. the shit happens to you. And then you see it to happen to somebody who would like put your friends in harm. You're just like, good, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't care. But I mean, yeah, it sucks and it's not, you know, it shouldn't be that way. But these are things that happen in real life. Yeah, I have an, I had a um, Nazi naval battle flag with the Iron Cross on it and everything that I used to carry all over the place. And when I put up and be like, where do you find stay? Well, we'll go look for the battle flag. And we, I had a naval uh, Nazi battle flag. Yeah, that's how you found the snipers. Yeah. yeah. Go find the battle flag, man. You'll find them. So did you guys have like an FTX or like a yeah, final I test? Yeah, I cheated mine. I actually what? went out to Uh-oh. the road. Is there, is there a, a statute of limitations yes. for this, dude? They're going to they gonna I, show I, up and court-martial I, your ass now? I Because I, they, they hunt you in the FTX. Mm-hmm. So I went out to the road. Now, if you got to go this Well, is, do you call it cheating or did you just outsmart them? I outsmarted them. You, if you're not cheating, you're not trying. That's but right. if you get caught, you're out. Yeah, but That's if you get thing. caught, you're, you're cheating. Out. Yes, if you get caught, you're out. <laughs> yeah. So what it so is... So you're is, trying not to get caught. So Stones Bay is on the backside of Camp Lejeune. And Marine Road comes around it. And then it goes in by Courthouse Bay in the backside through all the training areas. But it's a main drag. And if you're an Amtracker or a tanker, you're down in that lower area and you're not up at main side. So Courthouse Bay is down there and then you go out the gate and around the corner and that's where Stones Bay is. They're on the water, New River. So what I did is I had to go through like the worst part of the FTX and kind of where they're going to look for you. I went out to the main drag. I took all my shit off. I hitchhiked, and a Marine picked me up in a pickup. I threw all my shit in the back of the pickup. He drove me around and then dropped me off on the other side. And um, then I was able Oh, to- you had them all fucked up then. <laughs> yeah. They were like, he is supposed to be out here somewhere, and we can't find him. Yeah, so I went, I went around it and that. But our FTX did everything. You had to build a hide. Um, the, the hide building was actually really cool. I have a picture and I can't tell, you can't tell what it is because it's such a crappy picture, yeah. but it's actually a hide. There's, there's a, there's an eight foot living room under the ground and all you can see is like a tiny little hole where I would shoot out of. So they would do that and then you had to move, you know, you basically all the skills, land nav, uh, build a hide, uh, then movement. And then come around and do a final shot. Did you have to do a, a recon and everything? Kind of keep track of, well, let them know that you're, you know, there and you're observing something. Yeah, because what they do, you have you have to identify stuff. So did you have a separate op four element? Oh, or those instructors. Okay, but was that op four and tuned into what you were doing? Yes, or, they or... already knew all about. So what we used to try to do is, you wanted to be like east of the target. So in the morning when you have to take that shot, sun the sun's up. in their eyes. Yep. So you try to get the sun in their eyes and you'd have to move around and figure out where they are and where you can position. I mean, it's, it's route selection and masking. What can I put between you and I to block me from you? And then how do I mask my movement to get around? 
and all that. So I'm, I'm going to layer as many objects between us that I can still shoot past. So if, if you think about it this way, if I take a tree and look at my shoulders, my left shoulder, right shoulder, I'm going to put a tree on my left shoulder, but I'm going to line you up. So then there's also a tree farther towards you on my right shoulder. Then there's another tree on my left shoulder. So I'm going to so keep you're creating moving. a lane. I'm going to create a lane. So with you are looking at me, you just see tree, a line of trees. So you're playing the tune that they have to dance to. Yeah. And what you're doing is and one creating a lane, but you're selecting to block like my position. You're, you're selecting. This is when this fight is going to take place. Yes. And it's not going to be a very long fight. I, that's the whole game in where it comes to that stalking when it's in a field like that. And when you know you got bad guys, that route selection and that masking. We're, I may have to go backwards to get around. In cities now, they call it tactical angles. Do so they? It's a, yeah, it's Is the same thing. So, like putting you know this corner and this corner yes. in front of you. Yes. You know when you're when and you're, you're pieing pieing off a corner. And it's the same thing yeah, in the room. It's a tactical angle. It's you're the same thing. You're using the hallways yeah. in so the room. You, but you're using it in the woods on a bigger scale. It, it, same thing as a doorway. If yeah. I'm looking down a hall, I'm going to use the doorway and I'm going to uh, use the corners. Mm -hmm. so or the end of the hallway or something like that. The end of the like hall that. corner and my corner. And that's going to have my left side, right side blocked. And I'm going to just thread the needle between them. Between the door, the yep. door jams or whatever. Yep. Exactly. So we would do that. It's the same thing, just on a bigger scale. But you have to be able to look at your terrain features, your map studies. A lot you have of, to constantly be oriented to where you are. Map study recons were much bigger than actual physical ones. Like you could do a certain amount of physical recon. Yeah, this wasn't cell phone GPS. Dude. No, no, you're, you're was... looking at the map and you're looking at the terrain features on a map. And in North Carolina, it sucks because there's no terrain. So now you got to start looking at the, 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 the vegetation. The way it moves. Right. The, the way the terrain moves versus elevation and depression. Right, because yeah. you're not finding that. And hopefully you'll find fire breaks. So you're looking for contour lines. You're looking mm -hmm. for, you know, maybe a ridge or something like that where you, you can follow or just it, a major terrain feature. They There at Camp Lejeune, you have fire breaks a lot. They'll cut a fire lane in and you could find those fire breaks and run a fire break and run the trails. But then you got to stay off to make sure you don't get snagged. You can't be on the trails. Because they're watching those. Oh, yeah. They're going to get your ass. You know, and they're driving around. Or like, what's that green bush doing on that fire trail? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then we would play, you know, like with, with if they did opt for us, we, we had the flashbang with the, the pull string M80s. Mm -hmm. You know, that were the tripwire. And what we would do is we would take toilet paper tubes and we would put um, the tripwire on it and wrap tripwire around a toilet paper tube and put the other end where the, that flashbang is in the tube, like the grenade simulator tube, yeah. and pull the pin on it. And, and then leave, put it in there. And put it in. And wait for them to pull it out. And they'll pull it out and yeah. it'll pop. So like on a fire break, you'll run down a fire break and say they're coming after you. You can string that across it really fast and easy and they won't see it. And they'll trip it and you'll hear, it'll pop. You'll be like, they're right there. They're right there. Now yeah. I can move, you know, and you'll, you'll use booby traps a lot to kind of figure out where people are and to keep them away from you. And then the same thing with the stalks, we would do 550 cords to trees. So as soon as I'm getting ready to pull the trigger on you, I pull the trigger and pull the tree at the same time. So it looks like the muzzle blast moved the tree. So now their eyes go to the movement and not where you are. Right. So I'd have like 25, 50 feet of 550 cord, tie it to a sapling away from me and then bang and it snapped the sapling at the same time i snapped the trigger you know and, and then you had identify still and do all that stuff but the the whole idea is just to get them away from you deception it's ninja shit it is you know? it's totally ninja it's shit that's what ninja. it is man but you're just like you're one with the earth yeah yeah, yeah. and in more ways than one and like you know whether you're moving from vegetation to vegetation or you know, uh, it's darker over here than it is over here, and um, having to go from right. one shading, and yeah, all that. shading, I mean, and you're, you're, uh, how I mean, the eye perceives things. You know, having to understand what camouflage really sound is. Sound gives away presence, movement gives away position. Right. You know, stuff like that, and and so you know, if you make a sound, they can hear it. They know you're there. But if you move, they know where you are. So, what's your final shot? What's your final shot on that course? Is 
Like you hear people saying, like oh, it's an index card no, in a thousand you yards. You're, you're, shooting wise, it's just the qual. It's the thousand yard qual. You don't shoot anything crazy. It's it's the qual's hard enough with a friggin' M forty A one three hundred eight with a fixed ten. I mean, cause you got to remember, you're doing movers at three five, three five and six or three five and eight. Um, you're doing. 200 to 1,000 yards. Mm, silence I, is one of the S's. It just came to me. Yeah, to keep them shut them yeah, up. Shut yeah, shut them up. Yeah, keep them quiet. <laughs> with deck cord. Um, with deck cord around their neck. <laughs> and and so, yeah, so you had a qual. I qualled in December in a friggin' like, snowstorm. It was sleeting out. When my, like, my first day I didn't qual, I didn't pass. The second day was sleeting. And it was December 14th that I had a qual. And right. it was fucking shitty weather. And that, hey, that's luck of the game, man. You got to make it. Yeah. So you're this more is, worried about that than index your cards. Element, yeah. You're, you're not sweating an index card. You're just happy <laughs> enough to hit what you can hit. Yeah. You know, and they don't, I mean, I went up to one of the sergeants and, and got coached up a bit when I didn't qual. Because they have a, um, they'll want to qual you. Yeah, we're getting ready. So we're, we're, we're done. But it was cool, man. We're gonna, coming on the hour. This thing will stop in a minute. So we're going to... Uh, Anything you need to dispel about no. scout snipers? They're they're just bad no, motherfuckers we're, we're, that are out there. Everything you saw is true. Yeah, Have you heard. It? You <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what happened. And there's probably ten million things that you didn't hear about that yeah. we've done, and they just want to keep it quiet. But now they get in trouble for it. I feel bad. They're they're ten times smarter than we were now today, mm -hmm. but they have to go through ten times more bullshit yeah. because they just um, they let us get away with murder because they felt while the Marine Corps doesn't say there's anybody elite. They felt we were, and so they they gave us breaks then. But now you're they'll they'll stomp you. Well, I know everybody's yeah. glad that they're out there. Yeah. Uh, I th I think that was a really good dip into history, and um, you know, moving forward, we'll talk about more of the future of precision rifle later. But let's wrap this up. That was an excellent episode. Thanks, dude. Thanks, man. Uh, you guys have a great one, and we'll talk to you soon. Peace. Bye. -bye.